welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm delighted that you're with us today. You know, we generally think that the death of a child is the worst tragedy that any of us can face, and, and that's that's a pretty bad one. But the death of a sibling when we're young ranks pretty high on the list of wrenching tragedies, too. And I've been close to my sister all my life. We have very little in common, almost nothing, and we never have. But we do have our whole childhood in common and our whole lives that we've been sharing, even though, you know, no one else on earth, frankly, has the same childhood memories. And we love and we support one another and we have through life, even though I guess at this point we don't really understand one another and we never have. But I go back and forth frequently three times a year to, to the Boston area and I spend a lot of time just being with her. I think that, and we know the day will come when one of us will go before the other and whoever goes first, the other is going to be devastated. So how can I fathom the tragedy that befell Paula Lenz, our guest today on a Texas morning in October of 1983, which is now 40 years in the past. She was a young girl. She adored her brother who was just four years younger and they had a sister, but she was a lot younger then. And it was Donnie whom Paula had shared her childhood with. And then came a morning when Donnie was driving to work just 26 years old and for reasons that we only can guess now. He failed to stop at a rural crossing and his truck collided with the engine of a train. I've thought about this a lot since I met Paula. It took her three decades to write her book. It's called Driving Into Infinity, Living With My Brother's Spirit. Think how long ago that was. She's she's unsparing in talking about her grief and in the ways that it has affected her entire life since then. Her brother remained so central to her life that instead of being a downer, her book is light, it's powerful. I met Paula just a few years ago when she and I presented at the same event, and I found her to be such a lovely person, and her story was so compelling that this is her third Seek Reality appearance. Paula, welcome. I'm so happy that you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me again on your program. It's it's always a delight and uh, so good for us to connect and chat again. <laughs> Tell us a little about Donnie. He was so young when he died. I was 30 at the time. I'm 70 now, so a lot of years have passed, but he was... Um, 26 at the time because he was four years younger than me and uh, my brother and I were were really close I do have a sister who's 10 years younger though and that's a pretty big gap as you can imagine but um, my brother and I as you were saying really grew up together and uh, did all kinds of things in the neighborhood and and so on and um, then as as we grew older, uh, you know, we were still great friends and he was always so funny. He was so well liked and, uh, 
really, really a smart guy. But, um, you know, speaking of, of the accident that happened, he had, surprisingly enough, I guess, at that time, he had decided, I mean, he'd been working at this uh, position for quite a while he was in, and he had decided to take a new road, I'll say, in terms of what he had been doing for a living. And so he actually had already resigned from this job that he had, but, and, and it part of it included overseeing construction of buildings. And he, just on his own, he decided that particular morning, um, just being the good guy that he was, that he was going to drive out to this one job site and just make sure everything was going okay on it. And um, he told my sister, because at the time my sister uh, lived in this same house he did. She was still in college at the time. And he told my sister, he said, just leave the dishes. I'll be back later. I'll do them. And, you know, little did she know that, that would, those would be the last words she would ever hear from my brother. Because then he, again, he didn't have to go to this job site. It was in another town. And um, he just did it because that's the kind of person he was. And then, you know, we got the news that he had died in this um, truck train accident. He was driving his truck. And essentially what happened is he was on this country road making his way to this other town to go check up on the construction there. And as he... And I have to say, he was on that road at a different time of day than usual. He was usually there much, much earlier on this particular road, this country road that led to this other town. And as he came around the corner, this curve, rather, um, there's a railroad crossing there, and it's heavily wooded on both sides of the track there. And as he came around the curve, um, the lights were flashing and the train came out right in almost right in front of him. He couldn't stop in time. And um, so he ended up hitting the side of the train and died instantly. And there was another man who was not very far behind my brother in, in a truck. And he told the police, you know, the, my brother wasn't speeding or anything. He was just driving along. And it was just one of those things because, again, he was on the road at a different time of day and and the sun uh, was in his eyes. And it just, you know, some things just happen in life like that. And and I think we all have a a, a given time when it's just time for us to go. And uh, essentially, that's what happened. Um but, um, you know, you can only imagine how devastated our family was because Donnie was just so well-liked. He was funny and smart and everything. But um, I did have what I'll call as a precognitive uh, dream. Um, I was married and living in Houston at the time all this happened uh, in 1982 is when I had this recurring dream. 
and um, I didn't know at the time, but the, the circumstances that were shown in that in that dream um, is is what played out in reality, <clears throat> and um, I was. The day I was told about my brother's accident, I was at a festival in Houston. And my husband is the one who had to find me in this crowd of people uh, to tell me the news. I mean, he was still in shock. And and that's the dream had related to where I was going to be when I was told um, out on outside in uh with a big crowd of people and that's exactly how how that happened um but you know my family and i you can only imagine how devastated we were and um of course our lives would just never be the same without him and um it just it's hard to even put into words how how devastating something like that is, and you know that's the yeah, kind of that's right. That's the kind of thing you always think happens to other people. You just never think something like that's going to happen in your family. Um, but a couple of days after his funeral, while I was still in my hometown, and Brian, I. Like I said, I lived in Houston at the time. And as it turned out, I my husband had left me there in, in town. And so I ended up driving my brother's personal truck because he was killed in a company truck. And I decided that day to take some funeral flowers out to my grandparents' house. So I was by myself driving along and... All of a sudden, as I'm driving, I can see 360 degrees around me. I can see everything. And I could see my brother at my right shoulder area. And he began speaking to me telepathically. Now, remember, I'm still driving and (laughs) headed for my grandparents' house. And I had no idea what was happening to me but my brother essentially ended up taking me with him out into the middle of the universe now that wasn't heaven it was just being out in the middle of the universe i could see stars and i could see earth below and other planets and all of that and we were just kind of hanging out there together he sort of had his hand on my shoulder and um, he was just saying, you know, I just want to show you a little bit of what it's like from now. But really what happened during that time frame was uh, I experienced, it wasn't so much about what I saw. I could see, obviously, like I said, the universe and stars, but it really what I felt and came to understand. But I, during that experience, I became the oneness. I was one with everything in the universe. And I felt this oneness of spirit or God or 
whatever name you want to call it, but this oneness was all love. It was just this all-encompassing, all-knowing love. And that's the only way I can describe it. You know, we think of God and the other side as being, um, you know, seeing a man or a woman that we envision as being God, but it was really nothing like that, at least when I, at the level perhaps that I had experienced it. But I, I came to know and understand that God, that's what, that's what God is. It's this all encompassing love. That's all there is. That's all that's, I could. That's right, dear. Exactly right. That's in the universe and in everything that exists. Uh, the oneness is is love. And could we, could we pause and just just be with that fact for a moment, everyone? That's that is truly a wonderful experience, and very few people have that experience. And meanwhile, your your body is driving the, the truck down below. But that that is that is a, um, an experience very few people get to have. And notice that that experience happened forty years ago, and it's just as if it just happened last night or, or a minute ago, right? It's with you all the time. Yes, I in fact. I had those very thought. Um, I, I haven't done an online presentation in a little while, but I I started thinking about that, and it, it's like kind of amazing, even to me, that I had this kind of experience. But it's but it's not something you ever forget in terms of the detail. It stays with you as if it just happened. I, yes, I, I that is. A truly that that's an out of body experience and and it's a universal experience of God. Very few people have that, Paula. That is a beautiful, wonderful experience. Thank you for sharing it. That's that's exactly right. That's what happened to me when I was eight. The same thing. Oh really? Yeah. I never really knew that. Tell me about your experience. <laughs> no, it's no. I, I I want people to have your experience and, and 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 understand it. And your brother gave that to you. Isn't that beautiful? It is. And you know, from the beginning, uh, my brother has continued to reach out to me in various ways to let me know that he's still around. Yes. And you know, some people have asked me, well, do you do you believe that your brother is an earthbound spirit? No, he's not. He couldn't have done that if he were earthbound. He, he has to have completed his transition to be able to give you that experience. So right. you know he's not earthbound. Yeah, and that's what I tell people. I say, yeah. oh, absolutely not. No. But, you know, the, the thing about um, about the closeness that my brother and I had um, I feel like that's what enabled him to to reach out and show me in various ways that he still he can still be around or check in with me. And the 
the latest thing I, I've had happen. I mean, this has been going on since the year of his death. These various signs and, and things that, that I've had happen. And, um, and it, it, you know, it doesn't scare me or anything. It, I know it's him. He's just, no, it empowers you. Him. Right. It's he's beautiful. Around. But like here, um, now think how many years ago this has been, you know, 40 years. Uh, I was here in this very office where I'm speaking from right now, which, uh, I now live in Colorado instead of, instead of in Texas. And, um, there was no one else in the house, and I was just here. I'm sitting at my computer like I am right now, facing here. But directly across from me, uh, to my right, there's two very tall bookcases in here. And uh, again, I, it was just very quiet. I was doing something online. And um, all of a sudden, from one of these bookcases, the, the, the right bookcase, this book came flying out <laughs> and um, it, like I said, it was from the top shelf. And again, you have to realize those bookcases are directly across from my desk. But when this book came out of the top shelf, it didn't fly over here to the desk. It made this turn and flew toward the windows but it, it fell down before it got to the windows. Wow. Otherwise, but, we'd be calling the glazier to come out and make a repair. <laughs> so fortunately, well, it hit the blinds. It wouldn't have hit the glass. Oh, or good. <laughs> but, you know, I was completely uh, shocked out of my wits because I was sitting here and it was so quiet. And I stood up and I looked look toward the bookcase and I said, cut it out, Donnie. I know that's you. <laughs> and I'm sure people would think I was crazy to do something like that. Oh, no. <laughs> but that was just typical of uh, the kind of relationship we had growing up, doing tricks, yeah. each other, things like that. And, um, but you know, I'm sure people, have a hard time believing something like that happens because where well, I don't have any trouble at all. I have that kind of relationship with my guys. So I don't think that's the thing, you know, and no, yeah. I know he, he still has the ability to, I'll say, check in and out here, but he does, you know, it's not like he's earthbound or anything. Oh and, no, he could not be earthbound. Huh. And have given you the experience he gave you so soon after his death. In fact, he probably had the help of your own guides or other advanced beings in doing yeah. that. I'm I'm confident of that. Well, and the other thing too is I have uh, you know a framed photograph of him that I've had many many years. But even when I lived in Houston at my house, sometimes when I would come home, that picture. Uh, would be turned down and that same thing happens here yeah. and right. you know of course, that's the kind of thing that, that our loved ones will do they will and, mess with their own picture yep yeah and um you know the other thing that he would do in the house in sugarland in texas was um this one chair he used to sit in when he lived with us that summer uh, that one summer he was working in houston um that chair 
after his death and things for as for as long as we lived in that house, I would come home from work and that chair would be pulled out from the table. And, you know, I would put it back in under and and then various times that chair would be pulled out. And yeah. and you know, in actuality in the in that house in Sugarland, um I actually experienced seeing him for a very brief instant in my house in there. I had walked out of the bedroom door there and as I as I would come out of that door, then as to the right was the living room. It was a huge living room open. And for an instant I saw my brother over at the stereo cabinet. He wasn't facing me. He was looking in the stereo and then it, the vision was gone. But that's what he did that summer. He would play different record stuff. So, you know, there's just been all kinds of various things like that that, yeah. that have happened. And it's not scary or anything like that. Mm. It's just a feeling of love and it enables there to still or you still have some sense of true connection with that person. Um, and so it's, it's just amazing to me uh, that, that some of these, these things that can happen. Um, but, you know, one, one of the things from having had this, I think this out of body experience with him, you know, at night, if I go walking through the neighborhood at night or something, um, as I go under, as I pass by street lights that are on, the light will go out. And then that's a very past, common kind of sign. When yes. I walk past it, the lights come back on. Yeah. And I still have that. That happens. Yeah. Isn't that fun? <laughs> and, and, you know, he's used, like I said, books in the past to, to get our attention. Uh, I, I know even still back in the, the Sugarland house, my husband and I were sitting on the couch and there's a, a, these very tall bookcases were in there in our little TV room. And, and both he and I were there and this book came flying out that landed between us. That's one of the few times I've ever had a witness to some of these things that have happened. Um, but, but yeah, there was that instance where, where, where he actually saw that. But, you know, chairs would be pulled out from the table and uh, just a variety of types of things. I mean, I, you know, talk about all those instances in my book. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, people who, who lose loved ones, you know, my my message is I think that people need to be more open to um, the potential for things like that happening. And I think if there's a lot of love between you and someone else um, that, that the there's, I feel like there's a greater possibility of that much, much greater link with that person. And, and, you know, my parents each talked about different things related after my brother's death and um and and so 
but you just have to be open to believing that that this these kinds of things can uh happen from someone you lose now you know our family had we've never lost anybody in our immediate family like that so this was a whole new world of experiencing things but because my brother and i were very close and grew up together um you know he's he i'm sure he saw how devastated we were and and he just that was like him anyway to try to help out people <laughs> that's who he was um, it was important to for to him that you not suffer that you not be sad so he wanted to alleviate that pain but also you weren't afraid when these things happened um if if people are spooked or freaked out or scared when when they get signs their loved ones will back off right away so uh-huh. when 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 people need to know you know if you if you get nervous when your loved ones start to give you signs they're going to stop pretty quickly yeah so it's very important not to be afraid that, that, um, that's a good point something i hadn't really thought about until yeah. you brought that up i mean for me it it wasn't the sensation of fear it was i, I totally believed it was happening and and you were happy about it. It was like, oh boy, Donnie, there you are. Yay. It was a <laughs> connection. You could yeah. have a connection again. And so you were happy. And so he kept doing it. Everybody, if you get the slightest hint that something is a sign from any loved one, say, oh, thank you. I see that. Do it again. Yeah. And they will. They really will. Well, and like I said, you know, the other thing you would do would be turn down these photos. Uh, to let me know. That's commonly done. Yeah. If he had been there. If the, and if the portrait of grandma keeps getting, you know, crooked or turned down or something in your house, say, thank you, grandma, do it again. And they will. They really will keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, that one day here in this office scared me because I was the only one here and had I jumped. <laughs> but I knew it was him. I wasn't afraid. It just startled me more than anything else. But I do appreciate that he lets me know he's around here and there uh, for me. And and for me, that's comforting. And again, look how many years have passed. And I still get these, uh, you know, little signs and things that he does. And and it is comforting to me. But um, yeah, it's, it's just... It's just so important to, I feel like if more people could uh, be open to, I guess, being contacted by or hearing from their loved ones that, you know, they might, they might get uh, that, that contact come through. It's such a wonderful, wonderful relationship. You just need to be open to it. Yeah. My my book on the topic is The Fun of Staying in Touch. And, you know, just it's full of the kinds of signs that our loved ones give us. Just be aware, number one, that they're not pranksters. All right. They're very respectful of your time and your space and your your privacy. They don't spy on you in the bathroom. They don't spy on you when you're being intimate with your, you know, partner. 
But they just try to do little things to kind of the kinds of things, frankly, that that, that are happening uh, in Paula's life are very typical. A chair turned, you know, uh, a, a, a little just little things in your life that are very innocuous. They don't do things to scare us. They don't do things that are dangerous. They never, ever harm us. They love us. That's all they want to do is love us. That's right. And that's why, you know, I I call, when I do a presentation, I call this, it's all about the loving. That's what the title of it is. When I do, you know, presentations about what happened and, and what occurred and all of that. Um, because it, it's true. It's, it's, I mean, I feel the love totally when those things happen. And it's it sort of provides to me uh, almost like another stepping stone that I can take a step forward and know that he's still around, you know, just one step at a time. Another, I, I mean, because I know, even though I've had, you know, a couple of outreaches here, that until I die, I'm still going to be getting these these little message type events, I'll say. And it's wonderful. It's nothing to be yeah. scared of. It, it, yeah, it is. It's beautiful. Have, have you ever tried to talk to him through a medium? Um, I think one time I did, but honestly, that was so long ago. Um, I do remember her telling, conveying some information, but honestly, I don't at this point remember it. It was just so long ago. And, you know, I, I, that would be good to to probably try again with, with someone to see what else might might be able to come through. But. Because I, I guess I'm very skeptical about mediums. Um, I haven't done much with mediums, which is kind of an odd thing, <laughs> given <laughs> the field that I'm, I'm in. That yeah, I, I haven't I done really, a lot either, just you know, here and there through my life, just yeah, a great or blue moon, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but what? What? So you you've done a lot with um with, with like ions and with other sort of because it's been years now. It's probably been a decade since I've done um, really much of anything with um. Because I'm just too busy with all the other stuff I'm doing to to yeah. do speaking with groups anymore. Yeah. With the well, again, I've um, continued to be involved with IANS where I can. Uh, here in Fort Collins, there's not really an IANS group. There is one in Boulder, and so. Once the pandemic was done, then we were able to meet in person again. And, and I go to that to continue to um, have that connection with, I'll say, like-minded people in terms of how how we view religion versus spirituality, you know, all of those kinds of things. Did it um, change your view of, of religion to, to go through this? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was ra- raised in a Baptist church and um, 
So going through this experience, though, uh, did change uh, a lot of how I felt about what happens in in life and our afterlife and um, you know and and in terms of thinking about sin versus not sinning and are we forgiven you know there's all those topics that that are related to religion being being religious I'll say and I don't consider myself uh, religious I consider myself spiritual so many people say that now Paula (laughs) oh my goodness well and that happened that happened to me a long time ago you know once this all happened I just couldn't go back to I'll say believing the way that I had previously because I had this oneness experience. Yes. And it's just, you can't even put into words. Oh, yes. The depth of what that even means, having a oneness experience and understanding at that level uh, the, the feeling or the idea of love. And what yeah. that really is and what that really feels like. And you know God loves you that much. It changes everything. You're yeah. right. You're and, right. You know, religions and their rules and regulations and how they view things and yeah. who says this about that. And, you know, I just can't go there. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just can't go there. It's, it's just totally different. And... um that's one of the reasons why I ended up going to, you know, unity churches because it's more about the spirituality side of it and and uh, and and how those things come through and and even you know it's kind of a difference in terms of understanding Jesus and the words that he spoke and where he was trying to go with all of that. And, but, you know, to each his own and we're all on the, on the road to where we're supposed to be. And so I try, you know, not to be judgmental of other religions or whatever. It's like, well, right. everybody's, everybody's on their own path. Right. Just kind of let it go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I for a while went to Unity Churches, too, and then they got all wrapped up in the Fillmores. You know, it became more of a judgmental religion. It sort of went went back to being wrapped up in its founders. Oh, I see. Well, it was New Thought, Ancient Wisdom, but it went back to being grounded in its founders, which I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be grounded in Jesus. Let's get let's get back to back to the the founder. Oh. And uh it stopped being that. So that's interesting to hear because I've never really I mean the the church that's here, the Unity Church that's here is a very small place. Yeah. And you know, I've not really run across 
Well, the, the one in Austin got all wrapped up in the Fillmore's, and I decided maybe that wasn't where I wanted to go. I'm staying with Jesus. Going to stick with the, the real founder, I think. That's interesting. Yeah, even in Houston, I didn't. Um, I went to Unity Church there. I didn't really, you know, experience that uh, that sense. Yeah. Um, in fact, I still listen to the Unity Church from Houston. I, I watched that online on Sundays. Um, although I could still go to the, the small Unity Church here, but um, yeah, I've never. Some people, I, I guess. I'm finding, and I hear from a lot, as you can imagine, I hear from a lot of people about what their spiritual solution is turning out to be. And a lot of people sort of feel the way I do at this point, that they don't even need a building anymore. They they yeah. just read Jesus, and that turns out to be enough for them. Yeah. And so- yeah. And, you know, I can see uh, where that would work. It's not like I go every Sunday. I don't. Uh, but, you know, I do feel that I am spiritual in how I... Much, view, people are much more spiritual without the building. <laughs> yeah. The way I view and, and feel about things and people and the way I treat people and what happens in my life. I mean, that's all all part of it. It's all built yeah. in terms of who we are. And uh, it, it's more... I think about that where our heart comes from versus what church do we go to and what do we believe and not believe and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, try to approach it from a, you know, bigger viewpoint than than the way people want to write down rules and regulations <laughs> related to. Right, and feel constrained that way and, yeah. and actually separated from God that way. I, I, I think it's divisive, um, which, which is the last thing we want. Um, talk about the, the the being in oneness with spirit um, movement that you were involved with and, and uh, wrapped up in at one point. Um, what, what, what was that? Being the melding one. into spirit technique? Oh, the melding into spirit technique. Yes, I still still have that and still do that. Um, I can, I, you know, I, I, I wrote this and came up with this idea specifically to help people hopefully um, get get the feeling of being free and uh, and the idea of how to become more of that oneness you know being the oneness instead of feeling like you're on your knees praying to have something happen it's more about being the oneness and being that in that spirit and that feeling um and so that's that's how um that's how i ended up putting this together um i i i've got the the wording here the would you like me to go through sure sure so and it's it's not all that long and and on my website i do have um mist on there i call it mist meld into spirit technique and and you can play a video of it on my website but basically this is kind of how it goes through 
you know, with your eyes open, stop thinking and focus on your heart chakra area, feeling the love warmth growing there and becoming stronger. Now in your mind's eye, imagine and see everything around you blurring and blending together. There are no more edges to anything. Everything is becoming all the same white light, particles of light floating and merging. Now imagine the light expanding out beyond Earth, further and further out into the entire infinite universe, encompassing all. Everything becomes the light and on out into infinity. As this process continues, feel how easy it is to let go of all judgment of people or issues of life. It all falls away, released easily and completely. When we feel through our heart completely free, then we easily experience being one with the universal consciousness of spirit. All that is, just relax into that supportive, loving feeling. There's no separation of anything. You are safe. You are loved. Left behind are any human earthly worries. That's the end. And I have that recorded on my website that uh, you can go there and listen to that if you uh, are seeking to feel more of the oneness, being the oneness. And um, I, I find for myself, it's a way to just as I look at things around me in life, whether it's trees, roads, whatever, that I can see and understand through my heart and through these words, uh, that everything is one. And if we can reach that state of being, then it's, it's such a wonderful freeing sense of being able, I think, to actually experience the idea of spirit and love. And her website is paulalensauthor.com. That'll also be in the notes. And we're coming toward the end of our time. What, what do you want people to take away? What do you hope they'll take away from our conversation? Well, number one, you know, the, the loss of loved ones is obviously always a difficult thing. And I understand how sadness gets in the way. But if you can um, try to let go of some of the sadness 
and the loss of of your loved one and go in a in a place in your in your mind where you're just opening up your heart and just feeling the connection with the loved one i, I think that's an important idea uh, and and can help us as as well as as our loved ones on the other side just being able to make that connection and again i think it's important to like you know this prayer type deal we just went through i think it's important to be able to just try to let go of the i'll say the humanness of us here on earth and and envision and feel more of the spirit of our heart and of love and and i think that those are very important aspects to remember beautifully said and please everyone remember when a young even young adult or anyone loses a sibling that's a sacred sacred relationship the relationship between siblings even if they may not have seemed close we don't know what that relationship was that's a very special relationship and honor that relationship help help siblings to heal and help them to know that you love them you're there for them you care for them and and um help them to know how they can you know be in touch with their sibling um <laughs> yeah and, and as i as i said in the beginning it's all about the love it is really all about the love and that's where they where the ache comes in in our heart uh with the loss of a of a loved one it's and it's just i know how how that feels it's um if 40 years have passed and this guy is still in your life <laughs> he's still pulling out chairs <laughs> he's, he's still pulling books off shelves he's saying i'm still here yeah i'm waiting yeah. for you i can't wait to hug you again which which believe me he is going to do big time yeah and yeah sometimes i i actually just because of the way time is i i like doing an interview like this it, it suddenly dawns on me just how many years have gone by yes like a minute and a half yeah and and i just was a little shocked when i the other day realized how many years have gone by i mean again you know, i was um 30 when this happened and my brother 26 and now I'm 70 when I thought about that today I was just like god this is I cannot believe um and so at this juncture I find myself sometimes wondering um you know well how many more years will I have but I don't really worry about that No, I, just, I don't either. I just think to myself, well, when that happens, then I'm going to finally get to step over the threshold and be uh in the same zone, I'll say, as my brother and my dad, my 
you know, all, of yeah, people. all those people. And oh, it's going to be such a party. You never saw them. Yeah. Nobody on this side of whatever the threshold is knows how to party like those guys know how to party. Oh, my goodness. You have never seen a party like they throw parties. And that's that's because everybody who gets there gets a party. Oh, and they throw it. They party down. And the people that entertain at their parties, John Lennon, seems imagine. Oh, my goodness. The real John Lennon. I, I, you, it's so funny. He seems imagine there's no heaven, and they all laugh so hard that their sides split. <laughs> yep. Yeah. For real. It's so funny. I mean, you oh know, again, I have no fear of, of death. Uh, obviously, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be sick and ailing in the hospital to, you know. That's the part nobody wants to go through. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes but being crossed over is going to oh, be. No, horrible. no, that, <laughs> that's when the fun starts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So to everyone out there, I say. Be joyous in terms of the next phase of your life that exists. It's it's not to be really feared. Um, the thing we fear most in relation to to something like that is if we are, um, you know, if we're hurt physically and we're unable to do what we used to do. I mean, it's much worse if something like that happens than just crossing over. <laughs> No, that, the happy part starts when you get there. I have to give two disclaimers. Number one, if you kill yourself, that's a horrible thing because none of the good stuff happens then. And, right. and you're right about that. Yeah, and you know, and and number two, um, sometimes they tell us that what you go through before you transition, if you have had a bad illness, sometimes that turned out to be the best lesson of your entire life. So look forward to that as well. So I got to tell you all that stuff. Yeah. On the other hand, Paula, you, your, your brother gave you the best possible gift right after, you know, 40 years ago, you got an experience of God. Very few people in their whole lives get that experience, and it's still with you now. What a great gift that was. That's of course you're not afraid to die. You know what comes next. <laughs> you know everything. Oh, my that God. over the line is not scary. It's just... Nothing is scary to you now. I mean, what's what more wonderful gift than that? I know. I, I'm... You are so, so blessed. But that's why I have tried to reach out to people ever since then to to of share. Of course you have. <laughs> oh, my dear. What a wonderful life you're living. Well, I want to thank you again for um, giving me some time on your show to, to help other well, people. Thank you for blessing us with your presence and all of these wonderful stories. <laughs> but, no, it is. It is. We, you and I are so gifted to be able to tell the truth to people and really to tell, to, to tell it in the best possible way. But it is all so true and it all so wonderful. And that's the reason I wrote the book, because I wanted to make people aware of just what you're saying. And, um, and so I hope people will understand that those who you know, may buy it and read it. It's um, it's pretty straightforward, and 
and hopefully it provides people with hope and and they can feel the love that comes through. And the best news is that there's no bad news. <laughs> there's no bad news at all, which is why more and more people are leaving various Christian denominations because they still keep some bad news in there and there is no bad news. Yeah, exactly. Sadly, that's the the way it is. But none of that, none of the bad news parts came from Jesus because Jesus told us only good news. That's right. I agree with that. So, My dear, I'm so glad you were here. We'll have to do this again. Thank you so much. It's so great to see you and talk with you again. This has been Paula Lenz. And oh my goodness, big hug, dear. <laughs> Thank you. And once again, my beloved friends, we've come to the end of our time together. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you were with us today. Please never forget, you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, you never will end. That's true. And when you get that, when you really get all the implications of that fact, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be Peter Hayes, and he'll be with us for the second time. Peter was with us, he was with us really just this past fall when he talked with us about spiritism. You know, we talk about spiritism every fall. It's kind of a rite of passage. When the leaves fall, we talk about the American Spiritist Annual Event. And when he was here, he mentioned that he and his wife publish and sell spiritual books for children. And he sent me some, and they're really very good. And I think this is an especially important area to talk about now because there's a lot of controversy going on about some of what the children in our schools are being given to read in those schools. Some of it, shall we say, is not necessarily maybe appropriate. So Peter is going to join us to talk about some very appropriate and wonderful children's books. And actually, I have a children's book, too, about children meeting and talking with Jesus, which is also appropriate. And I've been meaning to write other children's books about Jesus. It's on my list. It's always number seven. It never gets higher than that. But we're going to be talking about this next week. So please join us. I think it's a very timely and appropriate topic. And today, of course, we've been talking with Paula Lenz, who I love. I think she's just wonderful. And her book is called Driving into Infinity, Living with My Brother's Spirit, which she has literally been doing for the past 40 years. She speaks at IANS meetings and in other places, and I think she should speak in more places because she has had some experiences that very few people ever have. And if more people had them, there'd be more joy in the world. So I'm very glad she was here. We're going to have her back again. Now, of course, it's also time to talk about Seek Reality Online, which is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Learn from our dear friend, Craig Hogan, who is the president of Seek Reality Online and is your worldwide expert on all things afterlife. Learn that your life truly, I'm sorry, there's no way around it, your life truly is eternal. And teachingsbyjesus.com is your one resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to you in perfect love by the greatest teacher of all, Jesus, Master Jesus. You can't learn about him, I'm sorry, from the Christian churches because the religion was started 300 years after Jesus ascended, and it was started by the Roman Emperor Constantine, who made a fear-based religion and used Jesus' name to do it. Let's learn the truth finally. 
for Jesus. It's finally his turn. Don't you think it's about time? As you know, I have a number of of nonfiction books, starting with Liberating Jesus. And the most recent one is called The Fun of Meeting Jesus. What is it called? I get more wound up now after talking with our wonderful friend Paula. The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. And again, it's about time we all did that, too. You can order all of my books from either Amazon or, you know, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. And all of them except the latest are available as audiobooks. If you want to talk to me about anything at all, you can always just do that by going to the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. And I'll t- I'm happy to talk with you about anything at all. We we start by having a conversation uh, by by email, but frankly, we can't have a conversation unless you give me your correct address. And too often, people will you know miss a digit or something, and my emails bounce, and that upsets me. So I don't like to be upset or sad. Please make sure I get the right email address for you. All of the more than 500 past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever audio podcasts can be found. There's a Seek Reality app, too, available for free. And you can see the new video episodes each week on Ray Woku, Firestick, YouTube, and elsewhere. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of your week coming up until we meet again. And please never forget that you, most of all in this entire universe, you are infinitely, eternally, and perfectly and forever beautifully loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. 